Today's reading is taken from Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so are the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. At the annual happiness lectures some years ago, the broadcaster David Attenborough spoke about what makes him happy, and he recalled an evening on the Galapagos Islands when they'd been filming and he'd been spending the day swimming with sea lions, and as he got back on his boat the sun was setting, and he says he lay down under a starry sky listening to some classical music by Marlowe, and he remembers thinking, this, this surely must be happiness. It was a moment of pure bliss. And all of us will have had moments like that when we felt truly happy. Different things do it for different people. Attenborough quotes a clergyman called Sidney Smith, who said that for him happiness was eating pâté de foie gras to the sound of trumpets. (laughs) But the problem, as Attenborough points out, is that such happiness is not sustainable. So even the Galapagos Islands wears thin after a while. And you would get tired of eating pate and listening to trumpets all day long, as would your neighbours. The Bible says that instead of pursuing happiness, we should pursue blessing. And Psalm 1 tells us how. It begins, blessed is the one who. Some English translations have happy is, but I think blessed is a better translation. To be happy is a feeling, it comes and goes. It's not lasting. To be blessed means that God approves of you. We all, of course, long, don't we, for approval from other people, from our family, friends, on social media, from colleagues, from our peer group. But the ultimate approval we should long for is from God himself. And it may lead to a feeling of happiness, but it's not the same. To be under his blessing, the alternative is to be under his curse and to be condemned by him. So what is your ambition for yourself, your family, To be happy or to be blessed? This is saying go for blessing and you may find happiness thrown in. And the psalm tells us how. how. It's about two ways to live. Two lifestyles. The psalm divides into two halves. Verses 1 to 3 is the way of the righteous, the way of blessing. And verses 4 to 6 is the way of the wicked. And the final verse sums up the contrast. It says that the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So firstly, the way of the righteous. What does the the life of blessing look like? Verse 1 begins with three things that the blessed person does not do. Blessed, it says, is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or literally in the counsel of the wicked. So it's saying that the blessed person does not listen to 
The wicked doesn't look to the world as the source of their wisdom and direction in life. So this first negative is actually about our mindset. What shapes our thinking, our beliefs. And it's saying for the blessed person, it is not the wisdom of the world. They have a different mindset, a different perspective. Second negative, it says, nor stand in the way that sinners take. So it's about behaviour. It's about lifestyle. That the blessed person does not do what the sinners do. They're different. They're distinct. Third negative there is nor sits in the company of mockers or scoffers. So those who, who mock God, who cynically scoff at the teaching of the Bible and reject it. Saying the blessed person doesn't sit with them, doesn't associate with them, in the sense of hang out with them, share their views. This is about the company you enjoy and where you belong. So the blessed person is distinct, is countercultural, is not just going with the flow. The blessed person stands out as different from the wicked, the sinners, the mockers. So not neutral, but against evil in all its forms. Different in their walking, their standing, their sitting, different mindset, different lifestyle, different company. As Romans 12, 2 puts it, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, no doubt this will come at a price. You won't be part of the inner ring. People may be called towards you because of the stand that you take. And that's hard, isn't it? Because we long to fit in and be accepted. We don't want to be the odd one out. But it's worth it because this is the path of God's blessing. Better to be rejected by others and accepted by God than accepted by others and rejected by God. But the blessed person is marked out not just by what they don't do, but by what they do do. So verse 2 says, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. The blessed person is marching to the beat of a different drum. And the different drum is the law of the Lord. This is what is shaping their mindset, not the counsel of the wicked, but the law of the Lord. Now, law here doesn't just mean rules. It means instruction, teaching in the Bible. So the blessed person delights in God's word. Doesn't just dutifully obey it, but delights in it. Loves God's word. Builds their life upon it. It's a life with the word of God at the centre. And it says meditates on it day and night. So in Eastern mysticism, meditation is about emptying your mind. In the Bible, meditation is about filling our minds with God's word. It's been said that meditation sits somewhere between reading and praying. It's not just studying the Bible, but it's not just praying either. It's the space between, the bridge between the two activities. So meditating is about taking a bit of the word that you've been reading, chewing over, reflecting on it in God's presence, praying to God about it, allowing the truths to make the journey from head to heart. The blessed person then will set aside time to do this in their daily routine. A daily devotional time at best is not just reading through a passage and ticking a box, but slowing down, taking a bit of the Bible and meditating on it. You might think, well, how can we possibly do that day and night? We've got jobs to do. You can't just spend all day here in the chapel. But what we can do is to take a verse with us into the day, memorise a verse or a passage, and that will be there in our minds through the day, 
can be like a, a sweet that you're sucking on through the day as we work. And the Psalms are a great, a great place to start. So why not commit Psalm 1 to memory over the week ahead? You've got a verse a day in the week ahead. Meditate on it in the morning, over breakfast, at work. Pray it in and take it into the day with you. The monks of old would memorise all 150 Psalms. Now you might say, well, they had time on their hands. But you know, memorisation is a lost art that we need to recover. Such a person, verse 3 says, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. Isn't that attractive, this picture of a tree transplanted by an irrigation canal? And as a tree draws constant nourishment through its roots from the water, so this is saying through daily meditation on God's word, we refresh and feed our souls. The tree is a picture of stability. It's got deep roots, it's firm, it's stable. It's a picture of fruitfulness. It says that it yields its fruit in its season. So a life that is productive, useful, beneficial, a blessing to others. A fruitful life as opposed to a wasted life. The tree is a picture of durability. It says whose leaf does not wither. So it keeps going, it keeps bearing fruit. And it's a picture of prosperity, whatever they do prosperous. Not material prosperity necessarily, but spiritual. So the blessed person may go through really difficult times, but the promises of spiritual flourishing, the ultimate prosperity. Is this a picture of our lives at the moment? Is it what we long for in life? Is it what we dream of? Is it our ambition? One website I came across gives examples of 15 people who are supposedly living the dream Scott Leonard, who runs his financial firm from his catamaran sailing boat in the Caribbean. Matt Block, who lives at a Mexican resort, hanging out on a beach all day with his friends, partying whilst making a living playing online poker. What would living the dream look like for you? Financial security? Big house in the country? How about being like a tree that is stable, fruitful, durable, flourishing, enjoying God's blessing? To be like that means dancing to a different tune. It means that the word of God is to be what is to be shaping our thinking and living as we meditate on it day and night. Well, the alternative is there in the second half in verses 4 to 6. Verse 4 says, Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. That song written about Marilyn Monroe some years after her death compared her to a candle in the wind. Elton John, of course, adapted it for the funeral of Princess Diana. Two lives cut short in their prime. Powerful image, isn't it, of how fragile life is. How easily blown out. A candle in the wind. But chaff in the wind is even worse. When wheat was harvested, was then winnowed or threshed, you threw the wheat up into the air, the precious grains dropped to the floor, were gathered, used to make flour and bread. The light husks, the flimsy casing surrounding the grain, would be blown away by the wind. So it's saying that's what the wicked are like. Not stable, not lasting like the tree, but the very opposite. Unstable, blown away, scattered to the four winds. A life of instability. Not fruitful and flourishing like the tree, but fruitless, useless, unproductive, a wasted life. It's possible to be chaff in God's eyes, whilst in the world's eyes... You're living the dream on your boat in the Caribbean. 
And many people, of course, feel great about themselves, but it is God's verdict that counts. And that will be obvious, God's verdict will be obvious to everyone at the final judgment, which is where the psalm ends. So verse 5 says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The righteous are watched over by the Lord. He knows their way. He has their back. He's looking out for them. But the wicked, it says, are on the road to destruction. They won't be able to stand on that final day. They'll have no defense. They'll be condemned. And then it says they'll have no place among God's people. What's called there the assembly of the righteous. But where does this lead us as we close? This opening psalm lays before us a choice between two options, two paths, two ways to live. Saying either we're those blessed by God and going his way, or we're on the wrong path and we're heading for judgment. Which are we? Which path are we on? Nothing is more important than making sure we're on the right path, because this is the key to everything. And that is why this psalm opens the whole book of Psalms, the Psalter. But the psalm leaves us with a problem. This is the first of the songs of Israel, but when you read through the Old Testament, it becomes apparent that the people of Israel did not live out this psalm. So as a nation, they did go the way of the world, the nations around, and they didn't delight in God's law, and they didn't bear good fruit for God. And so they weren't righteous, and they weren't blessed by God. And rather than being the fruitful tree, they ended up being the wicked, who were scattered like chaff and driven off into exile. And we may feel similarly condemned by this psalm, and perhaps you felt convicted that all too often, as I read through it and we've gone through it, you maybe felt, well, I do often go the way of the world. And I'm not distinct and different as I should be. Maybe convicted that I don't meditate and delight on God's word as I should, and that I'm not as fruitful as I should be. Like Israel of old, we too fail. By nature, the Bible says we are the wicked in God's sight. All of us are. And when you get to the end of the Old Testament, you're left wondering, well, how on earth will the blessing of Psalm 1 ever be enjoyed by anyone? And the answer, as always, is Jesus. He would have had this very psalm in his Bible, of course, and he would have sung it. But unlike us, he would have sung it without any twinge of conscience. Because he perfectly fulfilled the psalm. Jesus is the one who didn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners. He is the one who delighted all the time in God's law. He is this fruitful tree that never withers. Jesus is the blessed man of Psalm 1. As we look to Jesus and we put our trust in him, we are united with him through faith. And although we are wicked and unrighteous sinners in ourselves, in Christ we are counted as righteous by God. Christ having paid for all our sin. And we're assured that there is no condemnation for us. In Christ, through faith, we are blessed by God with every spiritual blessing. In Christ we're born again by the Holy Spirit, so that we can delight in God's word. Through faith in Christ, we are united with Jesus, the true vine, and we do bear much fruit for God, the fruit of the Spirit. And as those in Christ, we can sing this psalm with Christ. 
And so if you felt condemned by this psalm, let it lead you to Christ, the one who has perfectly fulfilled it, and come to him. And as those in Christ, we then join in singing this psalm with him. It's a bit like Jesus is on stage. He's singing this psalm. He invites us to come up on stage and join him. And as we do that, we are to commit ourselves to living it out more and more as those who are righteous in Christ and blessed by God. Not just happy, but blessed.